Radio Drone. Episode 39 of Radio Drone. I am your host, Josh Hadley. Or I should say, I am your co host, Josh Hadley. With me, my co hosts are. Uh, Brad Jones. And Jared Voiles. And just for all you smartasses out there, Jared's sticking around. Yeah, <laughs> punks! Damn it, I was the one who left that comment. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> Were you the one that emailed me too, Brad? Hello, publicist! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because before we get to the Adam and Eve promo, there's been some co- negative comments about Jared, and I'm telling you people right now, the only way Jared's leaving the show is if he chooses to leave. That's I have, it. I'm out of here. See, you gave him that. You gave him that window, and he left. Hey, Jared, you and I, we're done professionally. Oh, fine. Um, <laughs> Slam door. It's, it's, it was like one or two comments or something like that. And like, but I got an email about it too. Somebody actually emailed me that he's the only thing wrong with this show, and well, my response is, "Fuck you." Well, it, it, well, it could have been the same person, but like. Uh, um, if there's one or two or three comments like that's that's not bad. You got to figure if you're doing something wrong, if you're doing something really wrong, there's there's going to be more than three comments. Right. True. But <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Jared's as integral to, to the show as myself or Brad. I, I honestly would like to know why this person doesn't like me. They because... probably heard they probably heard like an episode or two where like where like maybe like the chainsaw massacre episode or something where it was a topic where you'd like never seen any of the movie, oh. movies or something like that. Well, and um, and for that, you know, it, it's like well, yeah, it, it happens. I mean, if we were on a topic of something that I particularly hadn't seen or something like that, right. I wouldn't really be saying all that much. Right, cuz I mean, I've gotten a request to do a topic that it would be an interesting topic. But I have a uh-huh. feeling, Brad, you'd be doing all the talking. They they wanted us to deal with shockumentaries and Mondo movies. Oh, I've, I've seen man. maybe three total, so I would have nothing really to say about that yeah, genre. Honestly, you and I could probably, because I'm not, I'm not a gigantic Mondo fan. I mean, every now and then there might be one or two that are stupid enough to where they're kind of entertaining. But I, I, I've probably seen more than... You have there just because it's stuff I've done on the site. Like I did Brutes and Savages on the Snob, and there was like there were several Bruno ones that we did on the Bruno Matai show. But other than that, I've seen I've seen Mondo Kane one, Mondo Kane two, uh, Goodbye Uncle Tom. I saw that. I think the only one of that genre I've seen would be Africa Blood and Guts. Is that the Africa Audio one? I'm not sure. I saw it under the title Africa Blood and Guts. Yeah, they have, have quite a few different titles. I, I, I saw one called Africa Adio, and it was with it was with the same guys who did the Mondo Kane movies. Okay. Um, before we get too, in- I, I, qu- I quit. I quit watching that one. Before we get too into this, we need to do our our sponsor, or otherwise we're totally going to forget. Oh, <laughs> you know, it, it, even if you're not into Mondo Kane movies and you're just into porn, like you know any good American is, go yeah. to. AdamandEve.com. Jared shops there all the time, and he uses I the do. he uses the <laughs> promo code DROME. And you know what he gets out of it? He gets fifty percent off of a single item. He gets three free DVDs, a free mystery gift, and free shipping. That's why I he that's why he goes there all warm, the time. I also get a warm, fuzzy feeling. 
<laughs> are, are you are, are you sure the f- you know, you realize you just totally set us up for a joke, right? Warm fuzzy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the warm fuzzy feeling you're supposed to get until the package arrives. <laughs> My brain, I was like, you're, I was like, oh, you'll have to make the joke on this one. I, I'm getting over being, I'm getting over being sick, so my brain is about 20 seconds behind. <laughs> <laughs> I did get somebody sent me. It's probably the same guy who sent me the, uh, the guy's gone wild thing. Oh, did you get another mystery package? Yeah, I got a, I got a DVD in the mail today. The, the Roseanne porno spoof. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Roseanne, it's one of those that has a throwaway name, like Ro- Roseanne, a triple X parody or, or something like that. So I might, I might, I might do like the guys gone wild thing and actually write it, write up a thing for that. Okay. Just, have you even looked at the box? How much do they actually look like the actors from Roseanne? And how much Dan looks like Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> Oof. And, and Roseanne, Crap, I can't remember what Roseanne looked like on it. Like it didn't look as good as like the guys who play the Ghostbusters. But it it, it looked <laughs> it didn't even like three days before I got another package. If this wasn't the same guy, this is a giant coincidence. I got a package a few days before that was uh I guess there was a TV movie about Tom and Roseanne Arnold, like T- Tom and Roseanne the Untold Story. I actually might have seen that. That sounds it's familiar. The- it's the one where it's David Graff plays Tom Arnold and Denny Dillon from Saturday Night Live uh, plays Roseanne. I looked at the box and was like, "Is that Police Academy? David freaking David Graff is playing Tom Arnold?" And it was they sent it to me on VHS too. Oh, nice. <laughs> I looked at that and was like, I don't know if there's really anything I could do with this, but I got the porno spoof and was like, I could, I could get something out of this one. See, I. Fans always send you stuff. They don't send me stuff. Well, a, a few fans do, and I appreciate it. But I want your old videotapes, guys, especially porn tapes. I've I've, deci- <laughs> I've decided I want to start collecting, especially those big box porn VHSs from the eighties and nineties. Oh yeah. If yeah. anybody has any of those, you don't even have to donate them. Although that would be nice if you're asking reasonable prices. Please yeah. contact me at twelve oh one beyond at gmail dot com. I'm looking for your videotapes and laser discs, please, peoples. Like the one that I did the other day on Angel Above, the Devil Below. I just watched that last night. Yeah, as had as we you, record this. Had you seen that movie before? No, that was one I'd heard. I'd always heard the title, yeah. but I don't think I'd ever actually seen the film or even a trailer for that one before. Right. It, it had some good music in it, like the uh, the the porno themes it was using in it were actually really catchy. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give that to the movie. Like, I was, I can't really remember a lot of it now, but. I, I sort of have a short-term memory in that regard, but like even like late, like in the evening and like kind of the next morning, I was still kind of humming it. <laughs> See, I, I was doing that. I recently downloaded a whole bunch of the "Caught from Behind" series. Oh yeah, and that's got that really catchy "Caught from Behind" theme song. Yeah, but nice. I mean, come on, Brad, isn't this kind of rocking? Nice late eighties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hot sweat washing down your face. No, it's Must not your face. It's not your face. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kicking. I like that. Just wait, wait, wait till they get from uh, to the actual chorus. Yeah. I mean, this could have been a single in 1987, yeah. couldn't it have? Yeah, yeah. From behind. It's too 
bad I can't go back in time and change my wedding song. <laughs> I bet Jillian would have loved that. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I did have that. I, I downloaded a whole bunch of those because a uh, friend to the show, he's he's been on WTF and Lost in the Static. Bill Margold created that series. Oh, beautiful. So I'm actually friends with the guy that created that. But, Jared, <laughs> you were going to interject something? I was going to say, uh, I was wanting to add in there while we were talking about uh, Angel Above, Devil Below, I was going to say... Uh, uh, I was going to say, oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, my penis does not have hands or genital warts. Please stop asking. <laughs> people asking if your penis has hands. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think they're being serious. No. But, but Jared, Jared, I did not hear you deny that it speaks in Jillian's voice. Yeah. <laughs> well. I did not hear you deny that. <laughs> That's the way he can get a blowjob and play swords at the same time. <laughs> he, he probably thinks playing swords adds to his XP. <laughs> so, so Brett, I wanted to ask you something about Angel Above, Devil Below. In that, yeah. you you kept referring to four talking vag movies. Yeah, Ch- Chatterbox, P yeah, Talk, and Angel Above, Devil Below. What's the fourth one? What Pussy Talk Two? Oh, I forgot about that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple people asked me that. I thought I had I thought I had mentioned that movie before. Uh yeah, like and maybe I didn't mention it in the Pussy Talk episode, but I thought I at least had mentioned it on like the comments or the the forums or something like that. So And um, I I got to agree with you. Pussy Talk is the best out of all those cuz the chick that plays Joelle is gorgeous. Oh man, she was stunning. She was absolutely stunning, and I can't really uh, tell if she was a good actress because I saw the dubbed version. So same here. Yeah, I, I only saw the I only saw the dubbed version, but I, I I mean, I liked that one. That one I liked. Chatterbox I couldn't stand, and and Angel Above, Devil Below was it was just it was yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was it was better than Chatterbox. See, the, the thing uh, I the thing I liked about Chatterbox was Candice Rialson. She is just yeah, gorgeous, and Todd Sheets, uh, you know, our our boss, he he knew her when she was alive, and he said yeah. she was the nicest person you could ever meet. Yeah, they, with with Chatterbox, I mean, yeah, she was she was she was fine in the movie, but the the voice was aggravating as all shit. That was and, and the way the reason it sounded like a twelve year old too. Yeah, it's that just made it creepier. It's like a child's voice coming out of that. But uh, uh, Pussy Talk was. I did it better in the like the the voice was the voice was kind of annoying a little bit, but they didn't use it nearly as much, and it wasn't it wasn't saying as much really really juvenile sitcomy humor that like Chatterbox did. Yeah, it was more anta- uh, it was more antagonistic. Below, it was what I said. It was more antagonistic dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the movie was very well made. It was erotic as hell. And uh, Angel Above, Devil Below was it, it was what it was. It was it was just a mediocre seventies porno. A couple there were a couple of scenes though where it was like I I seriously do feel like I'm watching just like a deleted sequence from Night Dreams. Well, speaking of that, did you see Night Dreams two? Although only dubbed in French, just got up to Cinemageddon. Oh, did it just in French only? Yeah, it's in, but come on, in a movie like that, do you really need the dialogue? 
<laughs> I would still, yeah, I, I mean, I not really, I guess, but I would still prefer to have it in English. Me too, but like I said, I've got the Laserdisc, the English Laserdisc. You're yeah. going to be disappointed. It's clearly much of a smaller budget, coupled yeah. with the fact that it was shot on videotape rather than film. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't have nearly the punch the first Night Dreams did. Well, eventually i got to do that one for the show. Yeah, that would be one that would be kind of fun to do where the snob goes into and actually thinks he's going to like it because he liked the first one. And this one is just a ball of disappointment. So our actual topic tonight is Italian... I don't want to say Italian horror. Let's just say Italian films of the 70s and 80s. We talked a little last week about like what our first Italian films that we can remember were. What oh, was yeah. your what was your favorite subgenre? I know you love Bruno Mattai, but I mean there they had three major subgenres: zombie, yeah. road warrior knockoff, alien knockoff, or sorry, four, and Star Wars knockoff. Yeah. Right. Of those, what was your favorite? Am- Don't forget about the the cannibal movies, the Amazon cannibal movies. Yeah, the cannibal movies. But but didn't the they kind of start movies. that though? But didn't they start what? didn't they start the cannibal movies though with uh, Man from Deep River? Oh yeah, that was uh yeah, our waiter. Are, are you just talking about ones that they didn't start? Yeah, the the more rip-off genres. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were just talking about their main subgenres cuz that would be like zombies, Amazon cannibals, giallo flicks, st- stuff like that and then rip-offs and sometimes they kind of merge into each other. It, it, my favorite it, it's certainly not the the Amazon cannibal movies. I like the zombie movies. I like the Italian zombie flicks. I like the Giallo flicks. Uh, more, I, I think I've probably seen more of the zombie of the uh, the Italian zombie movies. But I'm a I'm a big Italian horror fan anyway. What about the Star Wars ones? Have you liked any of those? I know you hated Star Odyssey, so we'll leave I hated that out. Star Odyssey. I really hated Star Odyssey. Oh, there was Star Crash. Star Crash, I think, is brilliant. I think Star Crash yeah. is an amazing film. Yeah, Star Crash. I liked Star Crash. Actually, oh, okay. one of one of my favorites would be in, in the Alien ripoff. One of my favorites was always Alien Contamination, which or or Contamination if you've seen the the uncut version, which I think Blue Underground put out. The Alien Contamination one is actually public domain, to my knowledge. It's missing like seventeen minutes. I've seen ones that that. Uh... That uh, versions of them are uh, are in the public domain, like uh, um, oh the the Fred Williamson one, uh, the the future it, on when it was on DVD it was under New Barbarians, but when it's under like Warrior of the Warriors, Warriors of the Wasteland, Warriors of the Wasteland, yeah, it's in public domain. Um, but I used to have it, yeah, under New Barbarians and uh, Contamination. I I I remember the lighting. That's the one right where at the end the the, the aliens very it it like doesn't move and has the one eyeball and like hypnotizes people. Yeah, and they got these little alien eggs that if you touch them, your chest explodes. Yeah, that's actually yeah, not I, a bad I, one. I remember liking it. I got it on a um, Blue Underground at the time was uh, doing two packs. Not that they were in the same box. They weren't. If they were in the same box, I wouldn't. I, I, I prefer to have stuff singly. Just two movies, two DVDs that were shipped to you at the same time, and it, it was the same cost as one. And uh, in that particular case, it was it was contamination, and it was uh, the shape of things to come with Jack Palance. That is, you know, okay. I know you had issues with Star Odyssey. I think Shape of Things to Come is one of the worst Star Wars ripoffs I've ever seen. It's hard for me to say because I was watching both of those movies in a different frame of mind. I was uh, 
watching Star Odyssey as a an episode of of that show and was sitting there taking notes and looking for jokes. I hated Star Odyssey. I really did. The movie annoyed the crap out of me, and it was so unnecessarily long. Shape of Things to Come. I'd probably have the same reaction if I actually sat down to try do to try to do that as an episode because I remember it just being stupid. Um, it's one of those ones that takes the science fiction audience for granted that well they want robots and laser guns let's just give that to them and they don't actually need realistic characters or good dialogue or anything it's got robots yeah. and laser guns. It's got robots, laser guns. Jack Palance has a big cape because the villain's got to have a cape. Which is some, which is something I loved about Star Crash. Okay, I love Joe Spinell, but yeah. he was the worst Darth Vader knockoff I've ever seen. His <laughs> huge beer Spinell. belly, his huge beer belly, and the curled hair and all that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I could say something that negative about Joe Spinell. And I'm saying this as a fan. I mean, yeah. look at Joe Spinell in Cruising. He's sitting there, bang- oh, yeah. he's sitting there banging tranny hookers, you know, in alleys. Do you get a lot lower than that? <laughs> no way, man. I, I would I would freaking kill to be in Cruising. I love that movie. Yeah, uh, see, I, I I think Cruising, if it had gone the way the what I've been told the book goes, which is much, a much more psychological approach, yeah. that that's what I would have preferred about Cruising. Oh, I would have preferred that too, but one that was never going to happen at that time. And also, I just love sleaze flicks. I love sleaze flicks to death, and that movie is one of the sleaziest. But, Brad, I need to ask you, what yeah. happened to the Italian ripoff film? Around, like, the late 80s, they just dried up. What happened to the Italian ripoff film? Uh, the, the Italian ripoffs continued on into the 90s as well. But they, um, but they weren't nearly as big and, and omnipresent as they were in the 80s. In the 80s, they were getting legitimate drive-in releases. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of it might have... I mean, this would be a question for Ed Glazer, but a lot of it would have to do with, I guess, you could kind of get away with it more so back then than than you could nowadays. Back then, a lot of those movies just kind of came and went, and unless you were a big fan of them and specifically see those movies, no one really noticed, uh, or no one, no one to the point to where they could do something about it. Whereas nowadays... If there was a movie, if there was a movie out that put itself in theaters and called itself Terminator Two, there would be some lawsuits about that. Well, uh, to be fair, the copy I have of Terminator, that Terminator Two, is called Shocking Dark. Yeah, I know, I know. It's mostly called Shocking Dark, but that movie was released in places under the title of Terminator Two. Well, do you remember The Witching with uh, Linda Blair and David Hasselhoff? Or, sorry, uh, oh, it goes by like Evil Witchery, Dead. which Witchery? Sorry. It goes by like Evil Dead Four or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's just blatant. That's just blatantly oh. wrong. Oh, yeah. And it's got uh, Alien Two on Earth. You know, but a lot of it, and I, 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 I do like uh, how that one <laughs> really is just an in-name only ripoff of Alien. When you watch the movie, it's nothing like freaking Alien at all. They just slapped Alien 2 on Earth on the title. Um, well, look at I mean, look at Terminator is, 2. The movie itself is kind of boring, but... L- look at uh, Bruno Mattai's Terminator 2. It's an Aliens ripoff. It's got nothing yeah, to do with Terminators. It's a ripoff of Aliens. And then at the, at the in like the last 10 minutes, the Terminator goes after him, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of 
Bruno Matai. What what would be your absolute not favorite, but you think his highest quality film? His highest quality movie? Yeah. Um his most well made movie, I would probably say SS Girls. If you could oh. if you could get one person into Bruno Matai, then would that be the movie that you would tell them to see? It to... depends on what kind of movie they're looking for, honestly. Because Bruno did a wide variety of different movies. You know, Bruno did about everything. Uh Nunsploitation, Nazisploitation, zombie movies, Amazon cannibals, uh, the 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 ripoff movies, your your alien ripoffs. Your did he ever do a Star Wars? Oh man, I'd have to think about that one. I don't but, think he, I don't think he did. Uh, he did the Predator ripoff in Robo War. The uh, Predator, okay, yeah, Predator, the Predator ripoff, action exploitation movies. I mean, he did he did about everything in terms of the subgenres of of exploitation movies. So it really depends on what you're looking for. Uh, I, I say his Women's Prison Massacre is my favorite women in prison movie. And if you're the, if you're geared more towards that style of exploitation rather than SS Girls, which is like a lighthearted sex romp, then you would like Women's Prison Massacre better than that. But if 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 you're looking at it from a standpoint of what's his most well-made movie, I I would uh, yeah honestly say SS Girls, and that's entertainment wise it's one of his best too i definitely say that's one of his best the music is great it's well made the acting is a lot of fun and it's it's uh it's got some sexiness to it as well um so i would you say know, like yeah if you're into more that style later stuff it start with that one if you're into more the rougher grittier style of that kind of exploitation watch women's prison massacre you know what's missing from this conversation is that uh, is the bar and a black and white camera. The bar? Yeah. Bruno Matai show? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I regret about doing this show as late as we do year-wise is that Matai is not with us anymore, or you know I would have tried to get him on the show. Oh, yeah. Crap, I would have tried to get him on the Bruno Matai show. That would have been He's great. named after it. Yeah, he passed on in 07. He passed on shortly after I started on YouTube, because shortly after I started on YouTube, I did a little tribute video when he passed away. I was bummed when he passed away. I like the guy. The guy's fun. Um, well, okay, let's move off of Bruno Matai then. What do you think about Jess Franco? He's kind of hit or miss for me. I've seen... I've. It's weird, because with Bruno's movies... You know, sometimes when you see one that's good and you see one that's bad, you can still see his style in it. With Jess Franco, I've seen stuff that he's done that's that's crazy well made and really stunning looking. Uh, stuff like uh, she killed in ecstasy or uh, or crap. What was when he did the diabolical Doctor Z? I think is what it was called. Dawn of the Mummies. Uh, Dawn of the Mummies. One I grew up on. I, I don't know if you'd call that well made or not, but I always liked Dawn of the Mummy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's stuff like that, and then there's some other things of his I've seen that are just bottom of the barrel crap and just not even entertaining at all. Whether it's uh, I, I really didn't care much for Sadomania or uh, Castle of Fu Manchu, you know. How about how about Zombie Five, the one that uh, Spoonie did? I only know of that from Noah's video. I've never seen the actual movie before, okay. but it looked it certainly it certainly didn't look very it certainly didn't look very entertaining. I think my I think my uh, his video was great, but I think 
I think the Zombie Five that I got stuck with might have been a little, might have been a slightly better movie. Well, see, and now this is not a shot at Noah, okay? But I think he was really plumbing the depths of comedy for that because I think that movie didn't provide him even anything to make comedy out of. It was that bad of a movie, is what it looked like. I I thought he I thought he got some great stuff out of it. I, I though, thought he but. did too, but it, it looked like he was kind of desperate at times for jokes because there was just I've the movie it. wasn't giving him anything. Yeah, I mean, like I, it's hard to do that kind of exploitation movie on that show. Like, it's sort of like there's kind of like how I've done like one or two nunsploitation movies because the witch movies and the the nunsploitations are, are more or not just kind of boring. Uh, and there and there's there's stuff you can pull out of them and, and make a good video out of them, but you know you won't get as much out of as, as doing a uh, well, as doing a talking vagina movie. <laughs> True. Well, okay. Here's here's something I noticed about two of what we would call the masters of Italian cinema, and that's Fulci and Argento. Yeah. They are great filmmakers. They uh, always put together competent casts and and entertaining films, but yeah. these two guys do not seem to know how to tell a coherent story. Yeah, but I mean, come on. A lot of those movies like that don't need a coherent story. <laughs> They I'll really give you that. I, I I love. I I'm a huge Fulci fan. I like Fulci better than Dario Argento. Fulci Zombie, uh, New York Ripper, House House by the Cemetery. Those are just awesome movies. The Beyond. Are they coherent? Uh, House by the Cemetery. No, not really. But it's all about style. It's all about presentation. Uh, it's about you know the music, the mood. I defy anyone to watch the Beyond, and not be absolutely floored by the last five minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. of the Beyond, definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. e even if you see the Seven Doors of Death version, most of that yeah. is still there. The cinematography, oh, yeah. the lighting, the way he uses the music. Although the music uh -huh. in the Beyond version is better, I think. But that's gorgeous. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. Uh -huh. And then yeah. I'm scared of spiders, so that tarantula scene really creeps me out, Brad. Oh yeah, it's it's all about it's all about what your what your emotion is pulling away from from the mood of of, of the scenes, you know, and and stylistic how beautiful can really make it look. That's that's really what what they're there for. So honestly, I I really don't care that zombie or house by the cemetery you know don't have the greatest plots in the world because that's not the point well see uh, what i would like to see is and now keep in mind argento still kicking around is fulci still making movies fulci passed away he, he is okay i couldn't i couldn't remember if he was dead or not i know yeah, argento yeah, still kicking around but what i'd like to see is like someone like andrew kevin walker write a movie for dario argento <laughs> how great would that be to yeah. see argento directing a really good script Oh yeah, uh huh. That would be yeah, amazing. Argento made, some, Argento made some great giallo flicks. I love, uh, I love Deep Red. Um, See, to me, mm. Deep Red had too much comedy, intentional comedy that I, I just I couldn't get into that movie as much I as I. I don't know if I noticed the, a lot of the comedy in Deep Red, and if I did, it didn't bother me. There was all the slapstick stuff, like like the seat in the car not working, and his goofy, obviously gay friend coming out of the closet and all that. It just sort of, uh -huh. eh. I, I took that as, I think that was supposed to be funny. 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't really catch any of that. I mean, I guess I'd have to watch it again, but it didn't. It, it certainly didn't ruin the mood of it to the point to where to the point of the bumbling cops from last house. Well, Josh, no. I think you're thinking of Red Fox, not what? Deep Red. <laughs> no, d- deep. Red I'm thinking Fox. of Deep Red. Red Sorry, Fox was r- Red Fox. <laughs> well, see, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> the the Argento. Mo- I've already spoken about it, but the Argento movie I like the most is Phenomena slash Creepers. Yeah, I think that's his strongest because for one, I like the fact that it was shot in English. Mm-hmm. That actually, you don't have dubbing problems on that. And you tell me. A monkey wearing a diaper, wielding a straight razor, jumping on the hood of a woman's car is not the most awesome thing in the world. I have to watch that one. I haven't watched that one in probably fifteen years. Um, and also, as I a, mean, and even but a lot of those movies were dubbed anyway, even when they did have an English-speaking actor. Right, but this one, you had yeah. Jennifer Conley, who I read somewhere didn't want to. She she didn't want to be dubbed, so for whatever reason, and he knew it was going to be sold to the American market, it was the first film he actually shot in English with an English-language track. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of times, it, 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 you know, you'll see an actor who is a name uh, and doesn't have their voice dubbed, and if it is, it, it's that same actor doing the dubbing. Uh, like, all the times Mel Ferrer has popped up and... <laughs> In 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 a lot of these movies, and he it's his it's his voice on there. But sometimes sometimes it can be distracting when they can't when when they can't get same actor to do his dub work. Like it it was uh I think it was 1990, The Bronx Warriors that Vic Morrow is in. Yeah, and it's uh, Edward Mannix dubbing his voice over, so that was distracting. Well, you brought up earlier <laughs> earlier you brought up Warriors of the Wasteland. On the, new Barbar- yeah. on the New Barbarians DVD, Fred Williamson talks about how all those movies, at least the ones he shot for Castellini, were all done without audio. All knowing that it yeah, would be dubbed yeah. later. Because he said the cameras they used, hit, this is his word, they sounded like dishwashers. Yeah. Going off. And so you're trying to do your dialogue and get into the emotion of your character. And there's this giant noisy camera. There's people over here ordering lunch, people off to your left building sets because they knew nobody was quiet. He said it was the hardest working environment he's ever had. Yeah. I've I've seen that interview. And uh, um, uh, Reb Brown talks about some different stuff going on, too. And. When he was working for Matai, he did uh, Strike Commando and Robo War, and again in those, his uh, that was his voice. Uh, you can't mistake Red Brown's voice, right? Well, and then you've got you got one Italian producer who he actually fooled people. Most of his movies you don't think of as Italian movies, and that's I hope I'm not butchering his name, Avidido Asantis. Uh huh. It's the guy that did like The Visitor and Tentacles and Piranha oh, Two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And his movies always, you, you know, I mean. Just look at the cast of The Visitor. You've got Mel Ferrer, Lance Henriksen, yeah. Paige Connor, John Huston, Shelley yeah. Winters, Franco Nero. You know, you've got Sam Pe- you've got Sam Peckinpah and Glenn Ford. Look at that cast. How does he get a cast yeah. like that in a movie that cost under half a million bucks? <laughs> and then the the fact that I mean that's one of those movies that's not even mildly coherent, but the fact that it's an enjoyable movie that's just mm-hmm. a plus at that point. Oh yeah. Or, or tentacles. You've got John Houston, Shelley Winters, and Henry Fonda. 
in in a Jaws yeah. ripoff with octopuses. Octopi. <laughs> what the hell is the what the hell is the plural of octopuses? Is octopi. that is it octopi? Octopus. Okay. Octopusy. It's it, it, it's more fun to say octopuses. Exactly. That's just more fun that way. But he he, he put out a ton of stuff, and by, by the fact that he would not only shoot them in America, yeah, with American casts, it really fooled moviegoers into not realizing this was an Italian movie with an Italian director with an Italian crew financed by Italian money. Oh sure, and plus you could you could uh, <laughs> a lot of them too that you put would put. Uh, uh, pseudonyms on there for their names. Like, God, how many does Joe D'Amato have? Bruno Matai? Well, yeah, like the, the Visitor and I think uh, Tentacles are both directed by they're directed by Aviato himself, but they're under Michael J. Paradise. Yeah. So yeah, I always love the American. What was Matai's favorite? It was, Vincent it was a, Dawn. Vincent Dawn. I was going to say it was something that sounded like an action movie character. Yeah, Vincent Dawn sounds like somebody Mel Mel Gibson would have killed in the Lethal Weapon. Oh yeah, <laughs> you you had those types of movies that that, that kind of fooled people. Look at uh, Cannibal Apocalypse. I know that's a movie you've seen and you've enjoyed. Oh, John Saxon, I like. Yeah, that. I like that one. And you know that was shot in Atlanta, uh-huh. I think. You know, with an er- Troll Two, American yeah. cast, all Italian yeah. crew. Troll three. I was uh, <laughs> sorry. Don't you mean creepers or? Yeah, creepers. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's sort of the opposite of what happened on Alien Resurrection. Yeah. With uh, the the French guy whose name is escaping me right now, he barely spoke English, so he's trying to direct a movie with an American cast that doesn't speak French. And you wonder why the movie turns out to be a disaster. Same way with you've got an Italian crew that doesn't speak English that's trying to work on an American film. That you, Why can't you get a crew that speaks the language that you're using? That's, I guess, my oh, thing. Uh, I remember Diane Thorne uh, talking, too, about when they made um, Ilsa the Wicked Warden. And, uh, and not only did you have... Uh, Jess Franco there speaking speaking his language uh, but you also had uh, different actors who would speak various different la- languages you would have some actors who, who spoke only Spanish acting opposite an actor who spoke only French and there was Diane Diane Thorne there speaking English and that was just like well we'll just get the words down and it'll be it'll all dubbed in English later. It's cool. <laughs> well, I, I remember reading about a Full Moon one. Remember how in the '90s Full Moon basically shot all their movies in Romania? Yeah. Well, one of the directors, I can't remember which which Full Moon film this one, which this was. He said he only, he didn't speak any Romanian. None of the Romanians spoke English, but yeah. one of his crew members spoke Spanish and English. One of the Romanian crew members spoke Spanish and Romanian, so uh-huh. he would he would speak English to the one guy who would then translate it into Spanish to the next guy who would translate it into Romanian for the crew. Nice. How do you expect to make a movie like this? Hey, they did. You know, they got it done. They got these movies done. Uh, you know, they just wanted to make some entertaining flicks, and that's you know, I, I like I like the Italian horror movies a lot. Uh, the Italian exploitation flicks a lot because they're extremely unapologetic. They're unapologetic. They they are what they are, and they could get away with a lot more. 
than you really could here in the the states at the time. Like, well, not not always. Remember, Great White, aka the Last Shark. Yeah, yeah, the whole great the whole great white thing. I'm not necessarily talking about that. Oh, um, you don't mean legally? I mean, yeah, I'm not necessarily talking legally because yeah, sometimes you would have like a situation like with the great white. Um, but also, uh, really, just the amount of and not not saying that there weren't plenty of movies around here that did, that did that too, but it seemed like there were often a lot more overseas at the time. They really, really could push the bar on sleaze, violence, sex, nudity. Of course, not saying that you couldn't do that around here, but it seemed uh, a lot more seemed a lot more prevalent. <laughs> like it was it was done a lot more over there than than around here because they could they could get away with doing it a lot more <laughs> well and something and I, I this this is pure speculation on my part so i don't want anyone to say i'm saying this definitively it yeah. seemed like it was easier to get financing for an italian movie than it was for the same type of budget for an american made film well and you also had directors who were exceptionally talented visual directors who could who could very much shoot their movies with enough style and mood to make them look like they probably cost more than they actually did like you put enough style in something and it can look like it it would it would cost a pretty penny might also have been produced with the uh, mob money to be honest probably don't know about that but well, we know Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Deep Throat were, but other yeah. than that. <laughs> but to go back to the Italians, but yeah, you are right. A lot of the more, a lot of the grittier, uh, a lot, a lot of the more grabbing crap. Look at how graphic Cannibal Holocaust is, The Beyond, you know, stuff like that. And they're great-looking movies. Well, uh, <laughs> they all right. Are. All right, you you just reminded me of something else. Then let's take Cannibal Holocaust, The Beyond, and Zombie, aka Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yeah. All three, I think, are gorgeous films. I think they do what they're supposed to do, but the gore turns off people that might otherwise have appreciated those films on an artistic level. Do you think that if they had made these films as more of artists and rather less exploitation, that those three films, for example? Would it would be more well remembered in the popular culture today? You're you're not going to watch something like Zombie or Cannibal Holocaust if the sight of gore is going to turn you off from a movie. But hey, I cannot. I to this day can't sit through the splinter in the eyeball scene in Zombie. Splinter through the eyeball scene. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be gruesome and effective. The splinter through the eyeball scene is. It's it's supposed to be cringeworthy, you know. I mean, um, I, my son but, just my son just saw that scene recently in a documentary, and I actually yeah. saw him squirming in his chair. Yet it's supposed he, to make you squirm. Yet he wouldn't that's avert what, his that's eyes. What it's there for. See me, I got to cover up the screen with my hand. I can't see yeah. that. That that just yeah. ugh. Yeah, I mean that's. I think that's the. Rea- I think that's. The, this is a movie that gave barf bags to the audience when you go see it. I think that's the reaction that they were looking for. But even if you don't like just that individual scene and you just want to move on from that scene, blah blah blah, it's still, in my opinion anyway, it's still a great zombie movie. I, it's one of my favorite zombie movies. I think that sometimes it can linger on stuff a little long to the point to where it, it sort of loses its effect. I don't think it does I don't think it does that with the splinter scene. I think it's as long as it needs to be and really that's all about the setup to it because you know it's what's about to happen and then when it does it's pretty gruesome. But um 
the setup for that is ninety percent of the is ninety percent of that scene. Um, well, because I'm it, looking. It, it, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Cannibal Cannibal Holocaust, uh, you know, has yeah, it's got the castration thing in it, but that's pretty quick. But like, okay, take for instance the spider scene from from the Beyond. You know, um, it does kind of stay on it pretty long. Um, like, how long does that scene go on? It feels like it's like five minutes. Yeah, I think it's clo- I think it's closer to three and a half. But that that scene, yeah, that scene the R-rated version, has that down to about two minutes, and I think that's a more effective version than the gore version. Yeah, yeah, because at some point it just gets the feeling like, oh, okay, I, I get it. The spiders are fucking this guy. I I actually agree with you on that. That uh, when it's a little bit shorter. And I'm not talking like taking out the gore, blah blah blah. No, just don't not lingering. Yeah, just not lingering on it so long to where it it, it sort of just becomes humorous. Um, Especially with the spider scene when they're like pulling the guy's tongue out, it really looks fake. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the effects. That's one of the effects that does not work in a realistic sense. Yeah, you can't. It has to be shot in like it lingers on it so much to where you can. Like there'll be one, there'll be one real spider in front of the camera, but an obvious fake one, like right behind it, you know. Yeah. And you notice that because it goes on for like three, like what you said, three and a half minutes. Right. Well, and then uh, what about a, what about like Cannibal Holocaust, a movie that I do appreciate on an artistic level, but on the same level, I think it loses the power of the point that I'm hoping it was trying to make about the media and 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 how we view violence. I think it actually loses its point. It, it sort of circles back around to becoming the thing it's complaining about. By what lingering on the violence so long? Right, and and being you know they're they're having a, a nice informed discussion on whether our culture is all about the violence and the gore and whether it's arable and whether it's newsworthy. At the same time, the footage that they're watching in the film is literally just there to titillate and gross out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's why that movie was made. I mean, the director, Rogero Deodato, I mean, yeah, he can say, like, I meant this to be a blah, 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 symbolized blah, blah, blah. Come on. The movie is, it's it's supposed to be sleazy. It's supposed to, it's supposed to be graphic. You know, he's, that's the, that's the kind of movie that it, that it is, that it was to be. I don't think that he was really 100% trying to make, you know, this piece that was supposed to be like a a, a contemporary commentary on our on mass media. Do you think the commentary uh, almost was an accident? It was almost a byproduct rather than the the product? It could have been. I mean, I I I don't know. I mean, it it, it could have been, but if you direct something and you actually kill animals in the movie for the sake of entertainment, you're not trying to say anything. You're just trying to make a sadistic movie. True. Well, what about then with zombie? Look at just the look at the underwater the the zombie versus shark scene, which I oh, think I love that scene. First of all, and I, I'm not being arrogant about this, I have no clue how they shot that as effectively because you cannot uh-huh. see any bubbles coming off the actor playing the zombie. Yeah. So you know, there's not like some hidden air tank underneath his ragged clothes or something, and and, he, and guys, yeah. he's fighting a real, albeit doped up, tiger shark. That could have yeah. turned deadly 
very, very fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah. That could have turned deadly real quick. And that <laughs> scene is gorgeous. And then you've got just... And I'm looking at that and going, the cinematography, the lighting is just beautiful. And yeah. then they get on land and they just start tearing people's skin off and you just kind of go, eh, okay. Yeah, but that's the kind of movie it's supposed to be. It would suck if there weren't zombies killing people in a movie called Zombie. I think that the zombie violence in that movie is really good. Uh, the zombies in it look great. The The action sequences, I think, are really well done. The soundtrack is fantastic. It's one of my favorite soundtracks of of, of that kind of of that kind of movie. I would actually say for a soundtrack, and I know you haven't seen the movie in forever, but I would recommend it to the audience and to you, is Goblin's soundtrack to yeah. Phenomena slash Creepers. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. That is an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> I've actually used one of the songs at the end of Radiodrome before, the theme song. Yeah. It, it's almost like literally heavy metal opera music. Yeah. And, and that was by the same guys, for those that might not know who Goblin is, they did the Dawn of the Dead theme. I, I certainly hope everyone who listens to our show knows who Goblin is. Actually, I've been getting a lot of letters lately, a lot of emails from younger people that say they're they're literally going and checking out the movies we're talking about because we are building them up. That's cool. That, that these are these are new fans that are going, I've never heard of this film. You guys talked it up so good. I went and watched it, and this film was awesome. I got yelled at the other day. I got yelled at the other day by a guy on, on Twitter who, who said that I suck because I talk about too many R-rated movies, and he can't see them. So what? He's 15? What is he, 15? Yeah, he should go out and see Cannibal Holocaust, but... It- about it if you think about it i really don't talk about that many r-rated movies i talk about a lot of unrated and triple x movies <laughs> well and something you got to realize triple x most of these movies triple x never actually existed that was never that yeah. was a, that was a rating they gave themselves the, oh, M- yeah, yeah. the mpaa never officially had a triple x rating when i had oh, bill yeah, any movie can call himself an x right when i was talking to bill margold that's something that bothered him so much is people always would talk about the 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 triple x rated movie and it's like those don't actually exist either mm-hmm. you're x rated or you're not yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. past x rated mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're i just wanted the the qualifier out there because uh-huh. that's something that bugs me too, where people go triple X. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I, I use the term I use the term triple X when I refer when I'm obviously referring to porn. I think that's actually a, a useful term. Well, you know what's <laughs> you know what's weird about that? A lot of people that work in porn, they don't like that mm-hmm. word. They don't like the word porn. They, they they like it being called the adult industry. Yeah, that's a lot of them. Actually, I don't make porn. I make adult films, and uh-huh. that might be a tad pretentious, but I can kind of see the the it's line. Ex- it's extremely pretentious. <laughs> but, but look at it like this: Night Dreams. Would you really call that porn, or was that not an adult film? Oh no, there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I completely agree with you there. Um, yeah. yeah, but. But <laughs> it would if if a pornographic actor or actress says I don't make porn, I make adult movies. That's pretentious. If 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 what they do is making pornographic movies, if if they if they take dick up the butt, they're making porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I want to remind everybody to check out some of our friends' websites: vhswasteland.com. Really good site. If you're if you're listening to this show. 
you'll like that site. That's let's put it that way. Our friends at Alternative Cinema, that basement collection that with where they have the VHS tape and those old shot on video movies, that should be out by now. Check out our friends at Alternative Cinema. And check out, you know, Foil Wrap Productions, cinemasnob.com, 1201beyond.blogspot.com. And also, I can't hammer this home enough, I need help getting to Horror Hound. Come on, people! Brad, Jared, can you whore for me a little bit here? Me love you long time! <laughs> Not that kind of whore. I'll be velvet mouth on your shank of love. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember what I was going to say, I... I got yelled at somebody on a comments page the other day because I spoiled the ending for Turner and Hooch. No, <laughs> really? <laughs> Turner and Hooch? You're you're gonna go out and see Turner and Hooch? Well, Brad, if what? the if the movie's over 15 years old, you don't need a spoiler warning. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's my opinion on that too. My opinion. On it doesn't mean you, over three years old. It doesn't mean you should ever put the twist on the box cover. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> Or, other than that. or or do you remember when uh, the Sixth Sense was first coming to video? The twist that yeah. that the twist that Bruce Willis as a ghost was in every single commercial for the for uh, not available on video. It was like was it really, yeah. I remember all the all the commercials were were you know, but he's a ghost or some whatever the thing was, and it's like oh come on, you're just begging people to not see the movie at that point. <laughs> Assholes. See if you can see how people figured it out. <laughs> exactly. Well, like I said, I was kind of proud of myself. When I saw that in the theater, and I saw it opening night, so there were no spoilers out there at the time, I did figure out the twist about three to four minutes before they revealed it. I didn't. Uh, and I saw it opening weekend, too, so I, I didn't even know there was a twist in the movie. And I I didn't figure it out. I figured it out when uh, she dropped his, when she dropped his wedding ring. See, I just uh, I just started noticing little things, and, and see, have you ever seen the movie Below? No. The one about the haunted sub. They actually take that whole twist ending thing of the early two thousands to task, because you know it's about a haunted submarine in World War Two. All the yeah. guys start talking about what all the possible twist endings could be. Well, maybe we actually died in that attack, and the the people we're seeing are ghosts, are the real people, or maybe we got knocked into an alternate dimension. And I loved the uh, fact that David Toohey attacked the whole, you're expecting a twist ending, our guys are expecting a twist ending in the movie. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little twist on an otherwise mundane film. It's not, I, haven't, I haven't seen that one. It's actually not that bad. It's got some effective scares. It's just not original at all. Yeah, I mean, literally, just take a haunted, take Event Horizon and put it on a submarine. Sweet. And I, you, you know what? To tell me this sub is alive. No, it's not quite that far, but <laughs> we is out of time though. Right. So, yes. you guys, I hoard you a little bit, but whore yourselves again. Uh, the Cinemasnob dot com, Productions dot com, and go to my Indiegogo page for twelve oh one beyond and help me get to Horror Hound. You'll get a lot of really cool stuff. I'm serious, guys. All right, good night.